Everybody knows that living a life filled with gratitude and being grateful and being happy is the way to be. Yet gratitude is so elusive. Why is that? Find out right here on Life is Great podcast. My name is Yitzwine. I'm the rabbi of Young Israel Ish Las Vegas. Welcome to the Life is Great community. It is an amazing thing here. We're just kind of coming off the heels of Thanksgiving and everyone's talking about what you're grateful for and you should be a happier. And we know we should be grateful, yet so many people struggle with this. So I think if we understood the primary reasons why gratitude is elusive, then you'll be able to bolt out of it and live a, just a much happier life. And even more importantly, perhaps, than you living a better, happier life is that you'll be able to influence others that they should live. They will be able to live a happier, more grateful life. Um, so that that's the story over here. So, you know, again, gratitude in Hebrew, we call it being a karsatov, which means to be makirto, which means to recognize the good, see the good in situations is one of the most fundamental things in life. If I could bring, if I had a magic wand and I want, and I could like tap it and spin the this, this stars and sprinkles all over the place and add one more thing to everybody's life, that one thing would be <laughs> gratitude. I would, I would cast a spell on everyone and make it easier for everyone to be grateful. And when we did that, that would, because gratitude is really, it's the, it has two primary children. It has, it's the it has a child called happiness and a child called goodness. If you don't have gratitude, you don't have happiness and you don't have goodness. As a matter of fact, the people who are grateful, they make the world a much better place. There is no such thing as an ingrate who is happy. Every person you know who is an ingrate, who is, does not have gratitude, they are all miserable. And even if they can feign happiness for a little bit, it is superficial and it simply does not take hold and it's, and it's, it's less common than common. And now, and the other thing, the other, the other child of, of gratitude is goodness. If you do not, if a person is an ingrate, they cannot be a good person. Now that is a very sobering and painful thought for many because almost every parent at some time looks at their child, oftentimes in their teenage years or early 20s, and say, how in the world could I have raised such an ingrate? Almost every parent has that experience. And that goes directly against the number one parental wishful belief, which is my child is a good person. And that is such a powerful belief. You know, listen, we know the stories, a mother of a guy who you know, took a Bronco and like mowed over, you know, 18 pedestrians. When she goes to court to plead on behalf of her son, she'll say, he's really a good boy. He's just misunderstood, right? But you mowed down 18 innocent people. He's a good boy. He was having a bad day. Every mother wants to know, wants to believe, every father wants to know and believe that, that their child is a good person. Yet they all, every parent identifies moments anyway when their children are just, Filled with ingratitude. Yeah, I've given everything. I, you know, I've, I've paid for everything. I've given everything to you. I've thought for, and then what is this? So, everyone, with the recognition that an that an ingrate cannot be a good person, is sobering and painful. So the key is to teach gratitude. The key is to infuse ourselves with gratitude and teach other people to have gratitude. 
and then you'll have happier people and you'll have better people. But the question is, why is it so elusive, right? It's such an important thing and so many people struggle with it. And even those people that know they should live happier and more grateful lives, even those people struggle with it too. And they make up reasons why they're doing so well, but in our heart of hearts, we all know that it's a, it's a significant spiritual accomplishment and perhaps that's why it's so difficult. So let's go through, I'm gonna share with you some of the reasons, the primary reasons why happy, why gratitude is so elusive. Number one, it is in our spiritual DNA to be ingrates. <laughs> it's true. It goes all the way back to the story of Adam and Eden in the Garden of Eden, right? Adam is, is there. God says, I created you and I placed you in Gan Eden, which literally means the Garden of Pleasure. God created man to be live a pleasurable life, to be the recipient of all of the Almighty's goodness. And there was only one rule, don't eat from a particular tree. And after Adam ate from that tree, God said, Adam, did you eat from the tree I commanded you not to eat? And what was Adam's response? It was the woman you gave me. She gave me the fruit and then I ate it. And at that moment, the Almighty says, you know, Rashi explains in the oral tradition, that at that moment, Adam became a kafuitov, a denier of the good. And he infused in all of humanity the ability and the spiritual DNA to deny the good that others have given us. Of course, we deny God's goodness, but we deny people's goodness as well. It's an amazing thing. It's, so if you ever look, when you look at your child and you say, wow, this is great. Say, well, this is how he's made. This is like, he also eats and he drinks and he breathes and he walks. And yes, sometimes you will exhibit the trait of ingratitude. It's, it's within us. That's number one. If you do that, then you maybe you'll be a little more patient when it happens to yourself or happens to others. You realize that, okay, it's a spiritual accomplishment, something we have to overcome, but it's very natural. Okay, the next reason is we are taught from an early age that everything's coming to us. And that is because we are very, very dependent upon others, completely dependent, for a very long time. So, you know, when a cat is born, it nurses for a little while and it gets up and it walks away. When a horse is born, born, it gets up and it's like, you know, it kind of like stands soon and then it kind of walks away, stays with its mother for a little bit and then goes away, right? You know, insects or chickens, whatever they hatch, and they, they go, they're out and about, right? A child is born and for years, it is completely dependent upon its parents for everything. When is a child, when is a Jewish child independent? long after they graduate from medical school. Right? <laughs> That's the old joke. But, you know, but it's what happens. In other words, the first, you know, if you had a child six years old, eight years old and left them alone, I mean, they would die pretty, pretty much, right? They, they wouldn't survive. They wouldn't figure out how to survive, right? So years and years and years, we are recipients of the love and kindness and caring of others. And then all of a sudden, when we're eight, nine, 10, 12 years old, 15 years old, the parents say, why don't you say thank you? Where's the gratitude? We're, we go from being receivers to all of a sudden it's expected of us to have gratitude, to be grateful, to be kind, and eventually to be givers. And that transition is a difficult transition. It's, it's, it's the transition of becoming an adult ultimately, but it, it, it doesn't happen so quickly. It happens in spurts. It, has, it happens suddenly, but it's because we're recipients for so long, we get, we get used to the fact that everything should come, come you know, we should, we should, we should be recipients.
The third reason is very often we train our children that ingratitude and complaining is rewarded. When a child is, is young and they, they cry, so then we know they're uncomfortable. Then you give them food. Then they realize, hey, if I, all I got to do is cry. That's, they don't know how to communicate. They don't know how to say, please, can I have a bottle? They don't understand, please, can I have a boob? They, they don't get that yet, right? So they cry and then you say, okay, I'll take care of you. And then they learn, oh, by, by that's a mode of communication. Right? And then when a person complains, they throw a tantrum and the, the parents give in, they say, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to give into that. And then they're broken and they give into it. So the kid knows, okay, now I throw a tantrum. And, and very often, you know, sometimes you pe meet people who are adults and they're very passive aggressive. Where does that come from? And as I like to say, very often when you see someone who's passive aggressive, eh, they're way less passive and way more aggressive. But the thing is that a person has to recognize where does that come from? That comes from years of training that I get what I want when I throw in like a comment like I'm offended. Oh, you're offended. I'm so sorry. Okay, right. All I got to do is pretend to be offended. People will kowtow to me, right? It's an amazing thing. You know, play the victim role a little bit, which is the antithesis of gratitude, right? Be angry, which is the antithesis of gratitude. Complain, which is the antithesis of gratitude. And then all of a sudden people respond to me. And, and even though we'll, we'll have all sorts of great, uh, you know, uh, expressions, you know, oh, you catch more honey with, catch more bees with honey than with vinegar. People, to live that way, uh, you know, it's, you can help, you can get whatever, most everything you want as long as you help enough people get what they want. It's a great line. It's true. But you have to say it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again because we've had so many years of training that by complaining and getting angry and then throwing a tantrum, being passive aggressive, that's how we get what we want. So you got three reasons so far. It's our spiritual DNA. We're taught from an early age that everything is coming to us and we're dependent for the beginning. And then also we train our children with ingratitude and the complaining is rewarded. But on a few other reasons why the gratitude is elusive, one of them being that it is perhaps the most important and valuable spiritual accomplishment. Things that are valuable in this world are more difficult to come by. You know, it, it, in other words, it's just not around. So according to effort is the reward. You know it's so important to say thank you because it's difficult to say thank you. And it is such an important virtue to live with gratitude. So therefore, there's going to be a natural resistance towards it, because otherwise it wouldn't be really valued so much. The next reason is there's a lot of bad in the world. And the bad can be distracting from the good, and often it can overwhelm us. And then we focus on the bad. We're not supposed to. But it is very, very natural. It's very, very common. It's very common right now with this terrible war that's going on in Israel against Hamas. You know, you see a person, how you doing? I see an Israeli, how you doing? Ah, oh, everything considered. Oh, can you do? Oh. Their life is so beautiful. But yes, I'm not taking away from the bad that's happening in the world. I'm not going to take away. I'm not going to take away that people are sick and they're suffering. There's mental illness and there's alienation and there's loneliness. There's divorces and there's uh, sickness. I'm not taking away from any of that. But there's also a tremendous blessing that every one of us is going through right now. You have so many more blessings, even blessings that you can recognize the bad. But people allow themselves to get overwhelmed by the bad. And the last reason over here that I'm going to mention for now is 
that our souls want to be independent. We have a desire. Every person has a desire to be like God. I want to be like God. Well, God means I'm independent. But when I say, if I say thank you to somebody, what I'm really saying is I owe you something. You know, the word for thank you in Hebrew is moda, I'm, is, is, is toda. Toda means thank you. It comes from the word moda, means I admit. What do I mean? I admit that you helped me. I admit now that I owe you. And remember, like, that's, that's a real issue. Like, people don't like to owe others. They don't, they don't like that. They, they, they feel uncomfortable. I owe you. I don't know. I don't want to owe anybody anything. You know, that's why when people, you know, like, I, some people, they, when they come over for dinner, you know, they bring a bottle of wine because they want to contribute. They want to be part of the, the simcha, right? So they find a wine that the host likes or something like that, right? You invite with some flowers, you know, scotch, whatever it is, okay? But some people, the reason they bring it is not because they want to be part of the celebration. They want to say, listen, I'm, I'm paying for my dinner. I don't owe you. It, it, it's like, no, I always, I, I always brought more over than I, than I took because I don't want to owe you. In other words, it, it, it's, it's a payment form. It's, you know, which, which is not the right way to do it. I mean, that's not the right intention. You know, I'm saying like, yeah, you come for dinner, bring something. You should do that. It's a nice thing to do. I always appreciate it. But again, not as a payment, come as part of the celebration of like, oh yeah, no, I want to contribute. Okay, so, you know, in, 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 in that way. So having the, the these, these, uh, these reasons, these, you know, six things that I've mentioned, are very, 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 very powerful reasons on why gratitude is very elusive. But the question is, how do you fix it? So it for sure is worthy of a, of a separate podcast, which is, how do you fix it? But I just, I just because I don't want to leave you hanging, I'm, I'm going to give you one little thing uh, that you can do. And that is by um, recognize that it's okay to owe people and say thank you. Like, say thank you to people. Say thank you to everyone you meet. If you say thank you to everyone you meet and, 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 and recognize that people are giving to you constantly, and then you say, how can I give back to the person? So your gratitude will be much stronger in your life, okay? But I, the, the next coming up very soon, the next episode of Life is Great is going to be how to fix this problem. But at least now you know why gratitude is so elusive. So right now I want to introduce our very own Dana Rutherford, our producer, who has questions from you. Thank you, Rabbi Wine. Hi, everyone. All right, so we have three really good questions today. And the first says, I've been talking with a friend and she started making a gratitude journal. She says, hers has no structure, just blank pages. But if I wanted to make my own gratitude journal, what structure should I include in mine? Excellent. So a gratitude journal is a marvelous tool to help bring uh, this trait into your life. And this is how you should do it. The first day you should write down, write down five blessings, five things you're grateful for. You're grateful you have a mind. You're grateful you have legs. You're grateful you have a family. You're grateful that you can, uh, that you have a, a personality. You're grateful that you're Jewish. Okay. So you write that down. The next day, you add three more things. You review those five. Don't repeat. So review those five. Then you bring on the next three things. Well, you know what? I'm basically pretty healthy. I have teeth. I have a job. The next day you review those first eight and you add another three things. You say, you know what? I, I, um, you know, I have a gym membership. I can, I have enough free time to 
you know, watch my family guy at, uh, before I go to sleep at night. And I can, uh, you know, my, my best friend, Charles is just always makes me laugh. Okay. Right. In other words, and you keep adding on three more every single day so that by the end of the month, you know, you're going to get close to a hundred blessings every month. Then you start over again from scratch. Okay. You start writing it from scratch. You're going to notice that they start off very, very broad and they're going to get more and more detailed, but you're forcing yourself to focus on the good. You know, for so for those of you that have, uh, you know, young children, right? And they come home from school and they want to complain, right? Or you have parents who want to complain. You, the, the response is always, oh, I want to hear everything you have to say, but first tell me something good. Tell me two good things and then tell me all your complaints, right? You, you got it. And by the way, that tempers the complaints when you get think about that. So gratitude journal is a fantastic tool to live, to, to have in your life. Excellent. All right. So the next question says, how do you foster gratitude with someone who constantly looks at the negative, whether at, it's at work, family, or personally, how do you work with someone like that if you have to see them every day? So again, so the, it, it really is that same strategy you know, that when they start complaining, stop them, say, I want to hear that, but first you got to tell me something good. It, it sounds like you're being obnoxious, but you're being way less obnoxious than spreading misery, right? And I think it is very, very important. Now, if you are very, very happy, you smile at them, you compliment them, and you, you know, you find things to compliment and 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 be good and be positive. What, what one of two things happens in these cases? One is you just become so annoying to them because you're happy, they stay away from you, and they don't want to be around happy people. Um, but the other thing is is that you you elevate them, you become their happiness pill, which if you're dealing with a person who's normally healthy, just a little negative, then you'll become their happiness pill. You become very, very beloved to them and you actually will change them. Wow. And then the last one, how do you become grateful after being betrayed or heartbroken? So it, it really is all of the same thing. One has to recognize the evilness of a complaint. You know, it's very interesting when we look in the, in, in, in the fourth book of the Torah in, in, in Bamidbar, the Bamidbar, Numbers, chapter 11, right at the beginning. It's a great story. It's how the Jews started complaining against God. And God, you know, they didn't, they, they just left Egypt and God was bringing them in the land of Israel. And it was, a, they, they traveled a long way in, in one day. They traveled three days journey in one way because God wants to get them the land of Israel quickly. And they start complaining that there's no fish. And, and it says in the Torah, it was Rabbe Ba'azne Hashem. It was evil in the ears of Hashem. And, and, you know, you stop and say, well, the complaining was evil in the ears of Hashem. Like, why evil? I mean, I, most times people complain. It's like annoying, but I wouldn't say it's evil. But it is evil to complain. Because when you're complaining, you are negating all of the good around you. So the, it really is a tremendous evilness to complain. You should really get that out of your system. And when a person has gone through difficulty, the temptation, the natural temptation is to complain. You don't want to do that because just recognize, you know, it's an evil trait because it causes you to negate all the, all the other good in that regard. And that's exactly what God says in that story. He says, oh, here I'm trying to help you by moving you quickly and you're, you're complaining against me. And we have to recognize we don't like when people complain against us. God does not like it when, he com when we complain against him. And even if you say, no, I'm not complaining against God. I'm just saying that the guy was a bum. He betrayed me. And this, I'm not, it's not against God. It is against God because God runs the world. This is where I get a little religious. First name's Rabbi. Okay, so God runs the world. So nothing happens random. Nothing happens without the Almighty's permission. 
if God forbid someone perpetrated an act of cruelty against you, that's horrible from them. But you know what? In the same way that you've got, if someone is, it does an act of kindness for you, so you thank them and then you thank the Almighty, the same way if something perpetrates an act of evilness against you, you've got to realize that you can't just be bitter at them. You've got to stop and say, Hashem, why did you send that to me? Why did you allow that to happen to me? Take the message and grow. All right, my name is, thank you, Dana. My name is Yitzwine. Thank you so much for being part of Life is Great. You are amazing. We'll see you soon. And next week, coming up soon, is going to be solutions that increase gratitude in your life. Thanks for listening to the Life is Great podcast. Share this with your friends and they will love you for it. If you have questions or comments, please email me at rabbiyitzwine at gmail.com. That's R-A-B-B-I-Y-I-T-Z-W-Y-N-E at gmail. For more content, check out our Facebook page and YouTube channel. Thank you to Dana Rutherford for producing today's episode. And remember, if you decide to make it a great day, then your life will be great. Thank you for listening and being part of the Life is Great community. To keep these podcasts and other awesome programs available for free, please consider making a tax-deductible donation at yiaishlv.org backslash contribute.